everyone, welcome to episode 90 of the Drunk Friend Podcast. As always, we're your host. Why do you why do you even ask anymore? You know it's you know who we are. It's I'm Travis, that's Alex. Alex, how are you doing, bud? I don't know. Like, <laughs> why are you asking me? Why? <laughs> why? You always seem We've so. We've just annoyed. been talking for the past. We've ju- we've just been talking for the last ninety minutes. Why are you asking me how I'm doing? I don't know. Have you, you went, not been paying attention? You went to Wiz for an alarming amount of time. I was worried about you. Oh, okay. That's what it is. Would you okay. make a sandwich while you were gone? No. I wish. I, I there's a couple sand we got roast beef, like mm. deli roast beef, like some oh, of I the love deli roast, roast beef. beef. Yeah. Ooh, it's good stuff. What's your favorite yeah, deli sliced good. meat? Uh, oh god. Um It's easy to go Angus roast beef, but I, I really dig like good deli chick or uh good deli turkey. Mm-hmm. The deli like, turkey. Just good deli turkey. I'm I, I they do it a lot of ways with like the like peppercorn and blah mm. blah blah and all, all sorts of other crap gimmicky crap they throw in there. <laughs> Just give me some good deli turkey and uh, yeah. oh you know I I I the cheese that goes with it you know I I maybe I'm a traditionalist for going with Swiss, but I also like Havarti. Oh yeah, oh yeah, and and, Munz- and Munster mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with regular Swiss, and I'll throw that on some uh, Reuben, you know, or not Reuben. What what the hell's it called? Rye, uh, rye mm-hmm. marble rye. Yeah, yeah. Got my R's mixed up with my meats and my breads. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, throw that on there. Give give me some mayo. Give me some lettuce. Give me some tomato. Give me some avocado. Oh, throw that on there. Yeah, and all that, and that's a great sandwich right there. Dude. And toast it. Toast it. Toast the hell out of it. Oh, the hell out of it. Wow. Okay. I, you know, I always say the uh, there's there's a big difference between deli sliced turkey and like the packed turkey more than any other meat. I feel like turkey. I think you're right on that. Turkey really stands right. out when it's deli sliced. It's much better in my opinion. Much, yeah, much absolutely. I think that's the only meat you can say that about. Really. Yeah, I think so. Roast beef. Uh, yeah, roast beef. You can eat brisket. You can eat. You know, whatever steak, ground beef, yeah, it's fine either way. But yeah, turkey is either like who eats ground turkey? Come on, ground turkey, give me a break. My wife, you know, Ridiculous. my wife makes it sometimes for for certain. Uh, she substitutes it in every now and then. I've grown to not hate it. I'll say that. How about that? I've grown to not hate it. How about that? No, it, that's fine. Uh, I'm just saying, like that's <laughs> like ground turkey's cool, but. It ain't the first way I'm going to eat turkey. That's no, for sure. That's for sure. Uh, folks, if you enjoy what's going on right now, you're going to love the charity stream coming up <laughs> God this bless you. God bless you, first of all. And also, I'm, I've got to shout it out, Alex. We got, we got a big charity stream coming up this weekend. I'm excited for it. And if you're listening to this yeah. in time, if you're day one, if you're a Friday subscriber, when a drunk friend pops up in your feed, you, you download it immediately, you're in time. Because on Saturday at 1 p.m., kicking this thing off, and we got we got a live polykill later that night. I'm gonna be streaming with some other dudes around nine nine to eleven. My boy Briz and Jake. And then the next morning, you're gonna wake up to some Alex, maybe, talking about golf dudes. I'm not sure. I've just heard that might be golf dudes involved. 
You're not going to want to miss it. Oh, there will be golf dudes involved. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me just a second. Oh, no. Here we go. We got a box of 1991 PGA Tour cards. <laughs> 12 photo and stat cards. One PGA Tour pro set discount card. Collect the excitement of the PGA Tour. Oh, my god! This gosh. is what the box says. So, yeah, I got a box of PGA Tour. Not only that, but I've also got over here mm-hmm. some 1991-1992 NHL Upper Deck. Oh. Hockey deck. cards that have not been opened. Yeah, this is a box that I was able to pick up. I'm so for excited not for this. a totally unreasonable price. It's for a good cause. So, yeah, for a good cause, yes. Uh, and this was for a, uh, and it's funny the the four guys they've got like cartoonishly depicted on the front of this box. We got Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm, I've heard of him on the L.A. King yep. on the L.A. Kings. This is L.A. Kings Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. We got uh, opposite him Brett Hull. I've heard of that name. Two for two. And then we got and then we got below him we've got Mark Messier on the Ooh, Edmonton Oilers, which is lost weird. me there. I lost me there. Yeah. And then we got uh, Stevie Y. We got Steve mm. Eiserman. And that's a bold choice, I think. Uh, I think you got to go goalie there. I think you got to go Eddie the Eagle, Eddie Belfour. Of course. Or Patrick Waugh. I bet. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, Stevie Y was not a big name at that time, I don't think. So that's a bold. I think they were going for, the, like, the young rookie. Mm-hmm. Oh, this this guy is going to, you know, Ken Griffey Jr., the rest of the league or something. But, man, you know, and Stevie Y is great. But, yeah. This and more, folks. This and more, you're, go- you're not going to want to miss it. Alex is going to be in full form during his stream. I guess I can't wait. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be awesome, and it is for a good cause. Please come by, watch, donate to the International Rescue Committee. We're gonna have a lot I mean, of the cause is good, but I'm not. Oh, you'll be fine. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be fine, but like people all are going to be it. doing is just like looking at these guys and just being like, remember this guy? <laughs> yes. How yes. about that guy? That's what we want. That is what we want. That's that guy. I want to hear That's mustache commentary That's... for a lot of the hockey guys. I want oh, to hear. Oh, the Haas. Jeff Haas. He's talking mustaches. Oh, he's got to talk about the Haas. The Haas. Jeff Haas. I want to hear about yes. uh, the Super Bowl winner, quarterback winning Super Bowl. That's yeah. right. Somewhat miraculously. I want to hear about the tooth game on some of those hockey players. Are they, they, they got a full set? Are they? Uh... Oh, you know, Ty Domi is missing some teeth yeah, no, for, for sure. sure and i want to hear the the hairstyle slash khaki game of the of the golf guys oh some salad mm-hmm. on the golfers for sure <laughs> some salad. they got some lettuce <sighs> this is what i'm excited for they, stuff like that i want yeah, to see i hair referred to i as can lettuce. already if i'm thinking yeah if i'm thinking like of the right guys on 91 tour i'm thinking john cook i think he's got some lettuce back there Mm-mm-mm. he's got some salad up top uh, we're going to see though. We're going to find out. We're going to find out together. We're going to see some Payne Stewart. We're going to see some Scotty Simpson. Oh, Scotty. I mean, there's a lot of guys. Yeah. Scotty Simpson, man. I'm excited for this. It's going to be a lot of fun. So folks, please, please check that out. I, I can still name every major winner from 1991. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe there is. I'll have, Ian to, I'll have to What? Ian Woosnam won the Ma- 91 masters. Uh, oh. Ian Baker Finch. Two what? Ian's? Good, good year for Ian's. I was yes. going to say, year of the Ian, for good sure. Good year for Ian's. There's Ian not Baker been a Finch good year for an Ian since. Ian Gonzalez had a bad year. That was, what, 99? <laughs> that wasn't great. Oh, my. Uh, that's, that's a good pull. 
but yeah, what else do we got? Who, who else won that year? I don't remember, but 91 was a great year for Ian's and a great year for golf. Man, this and as more. a result. This and more. This and more, yes. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then I'm following you with um, closing it out. I'm going to be playing that 1989 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game on the NES. I'm going to be trying to beat it in front of people. We'll see how it goes. So you, you, your voice there went to like a uh, Peter Graves. I thought you'd like, enjoy that. Tonight on Biography, mm-hmm. this is Peter Graves, and I'm on Biography. Like that was a weird voice you just made why just, is that i was just trying it out you you, you like it you not like it where you where you stand on it why well, it makes it. me think of peter graves C- clearly and biography <laughs> Bi- <laughs> biography i i guess it works uh it's a good promotional thing a lot of people watched biography in the 90s so there you go it, it, it does work so and yeah. if you if you donate during my stream uh, I don't know what amount. I will talk like Peter Graves the entire time. That's just my incentive right. to you. Just make sure you uh, mention that you went to the University of Minnesota. Minnesota. I'll do it. I kind of tapped into some. Alan uh, he'll he'll do it, folks. He's gonna be he's gonna be rowing the boat, with PJ Fleck, right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if you have been listening to this podcast and you're like, the only name I've recognized was Wayne Gretzky, that's okay. Because we're about to uh, talk about how many it? names have been thrown out the past like five minutes. That Several people recognize uh, two Ians. We went through two Ians. Scott, oh, Ian Baker Finch, Ian Woosenham. Ian Woosenham was the number one player in the gol- in golf. We're back in the it. number one player in the world in yeah. 1991. That's what I'm hearing. You know, so yeah, golf in 1991 is one thing, but you know what? Kid Cleats was playing soccer and. The Amiga folks love them. Some kid cleats. They oh, put they put kid cleats on just about every console they could get a hold of. <laughs> it was on the Jaguar of all you things. And, you and your transitions. Uh, yeah, kid cleats was a uh, port from. Uh, I don't remember if it was exactly. Fr- <laughs> it's been a few weeks now. Yeah. If it was from uh, exactly from the. Uh, uh, Super Nintendo version, uh, or the Amiga version to the Super Nintendo version, but it's an interesting game. Uh, the game is called Adventures of Kid Cleats in North America, but everywhere else it's called Soccer Kid. Huh. So it's one of <clears throat> so for our uh, overseas friends like Klaus uh-huh. that watches from way way over yonder uh yeah you might know this as soccer kid but um yeah it's i guess an interesting game uh it i guess it's interesting in that it's a platformer where you use a projectile that you can kind of control to a certain extent in a weird way and you can also uh regenerate it at will as long as you're standing still so that's kind of cool. Interesting. But the thing is that the game is still an Amiga platformer, so it's still kind of wonk as, as hell and all that sort of stuff. Uh, but the magic of the internet has fixed the main problem of this game. Uh, this thing has a really bad camera. This game has a really bad camera that jerks your eyes around all the way, you know, left, right, up, down, 
every direction. It's so annoying. But somebody decided to actually make a camera fix for this game based on the video that I made. So you can now play this game with a patch if you'd like called the uh, Kid Cleats. I I, I guess it's I'd have to like look up the thing, but it's it's called the Kid Cleats. (laughs) I can't believe someone made this, but it's it's. Can we link it in the show notes? Basically, like yeah, it can't. It can, oh, I'm sorry. The camera fix of uh, Kid Cleats' uh, s- stuff. Uh, yeah, it, it's crazy that this exists. Man, that is crazy. You know, it kind of gives me, what is it, Michael Jordan in the Windy City vibes, like how you use a ball as your... That's kind of similar, yeah. That's pretty similar in that you bounce, you know, the ball is... Your thing, you're useless without your ball. <laughs> That's the game, right? Right. As Michael Jordan was, he's he's useless without yes. it. Yeah, I think that's interesting because whenever I saw this cover or even saw the name of this game, I just assumed it was a soccer game. I didn't realize it was a action platformer Me at too. all. At all. Yeah. No. Nobody would. No, but of I think not. that's kind of the idea uh, to make sure that people that are soccer crazy, which many people were and are. To hey, here's do this soccer thing, you know. Hey, here's Michael Jordan. Do this Michael Jordan thing. Do basketball. Dunk on enemies, <laughs> right? Just like that game did. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty bad. But yeah, not a great game. But uh, uh, I I don't know how to adequately segue from that to it's tough, isn't it? Sayuki yeah. World and. Womp them. By the way, that is the best <laughs> comment you got I know. on your Why is video that so about Wampum. Oh, I, because it's anytime you take away the '90s-ness of M, you know, abbreviating a word to make it cool, like Wampum. It's like Womp them. It it makes. I think it makes people think of the uh, Simpsons gag where it was uh, up and at them. Instead of up and Adam, right? And, he, and uh, yeah, uh, Rainier Wolf Castle can't say up and at them, or he can't say up and Adam. He has to say it. He has to say it like word for word. Up I and at them. Yeah, I got to shout out uh, the commenter Tanuki Strider, and it was like a day after the video had posted, and I had played the game and written the script and did the video, and never once. Did my brain, which very often just ruins the titles of things on purpose for my own amusement, never once did I think "womp them." I would have made myself laugh if I had. <laughs> but then I get a little notification on my phone where the only the comment was "womp them," and it made me laugh out loud. I had to stop what I was doing. I was like, "Oh my god!" It was it was right there the whole time. "Womp them." Ah, so good. Anyway, the game itself is not bad. Uh, don't let the title fool you. I know it's it's. Uh, not the most savory of, of titles and uh, representations on the cover these days. Um, not that it was ever okay, but it is a decent game. And it's uh, a port of Sayuki World 2. So Sayuki World and Sayuki World 2 uh, were on the Famicom. And they are, uh, especially Sayuki World 2 slash Wampum, is, is very much a Mega Man wannabe, but... Very quality Mega Man wannabe, I think. 
Uh, it has a few shortcomings here and there. It's not the most balanced thing. I mean, Capcom didn't make this. This was Jalico doing their best. But I think they did a pretty good job. So if you've not played Wampum, I think it's... And you like Mega Man-style games, it's definitely one you should try if you haven't. It's one of those games that reminds me of... Uh, uh, that game, uh, Conquest of the Crystal Palace. Mm-hmm. Um, where you've got, like stores and stuff like that that you can stop at and that sort of thing so yeah. i think it's pretty good in yeah. that sense yeah similar recipe a lot of nice you know weapon variety yeah. and you get the weapon of yeah. the boss you defeat and yeah, yeah. it's it's per- well, like a mix neat. between Mega Man and and that game yeah yeah exactly exactly reminds me even a little bit of kid dracula too i think it mm. straddles Mega Man slash kid dracula if you like that game so that's what we've been up to uh on the old youtubes but it wouldn't be a drunk friend podcast if we didn't get into some emails uh we got some sports game moments from charles charles uh he says hey drunk friends listen to the latest podcast and i had to email to tell these sports game memories one in college my roommates and i played a ton of ncaa football the early 2000s editions like uh, 2001, 02, there were countless episodes of rage quitting, showboating, anger, and frustration. You know how it goes with a house full of dudes couch gaming. Mm-hmm. One roommate would always throw his hands up every time he made a big play, get up and walk around the room. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do know how that is. Uh, the only problem was he would not put down the controller first and yank the PS2 PS2 off the entertainment center. Those things were made to last because mine hit the floor tons of times and kept ticking. That's pretty funny. That's not an observation that I remember. Did you have a friend that did that or did you do that yourself? uh, I I never did that during those games. We we definitely (laughs) had like, I get that that room he described with dudes just yes. you know quote, me unquote, too yeah. hooting and hollering over their sports games but i do recall i might have told this before but when i was around 10 or 11 my cousin and i were playing uh, the jungle book on the genesis and uh, we we're having a pretty good time with it. you know it's a disney platformer and we'd gotten further than we'd ever gotten and there's this one level where you have to climb up this temple and it's super duper hard at least we thought so and still in my head it is it may not be but we fought all day to get there and we got to the top we defeated the boss and we stood up with the controller still in hand to celebrate ripped the sega out of the wall unplugged it from the tv and lost the game save and instead of like having a meltdown as you'd expect kids to do i remember we laughed so hard that we (laughs) his mom had to come in to make sure that we weren't dying so it was ended up being a good (laughs) memory but we never played the game again we were like well that was it yeah that's the ending that's pretty good. No, that's a great that's a great memory to have, man. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like compared to like people that like break TVs and you know throw controllers and stuff like that. That's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah. uh, Charles continues. Uh, As a kid, I had John Elway's quarterback for NES. There was a particular play that glitched, and if you picked it, it didn't matter where you threw the ball. A receiver would always run super fast to catch it, and then stay faster than every other player on the screen. You could literally run circles around all the other players up and down the field and never get tackled. I discovered this glitch by chance and later discovered I wasn't the only one, of course. But it was cool to have found something like that without seeing it in in Nintendo Power, without hearing about it uh, on the playground or whatever. 
One time, a friend came over, and we were playing John Elway. I did the glitched play and ran all... <laughs> And ran all the way back to my own one-yard line and let him tackle me. Then I did again and went all the way to his one-yard line and ran around him a while until he got so angry he rage quit and called me a cheater, which, of course, I was. I enjoy the podcast. I'm sorry. I enjoy the podcast. Keep it up, guys. Oh, man. So it's that. Yeah. That is a great story because I have seen that John Elway glitch before and it is laugh out loud funny. I had the same discovery that he did playing it. So my dad and I would, I don't know why we didn't buy John Elway's <laughs> NES or John Elway's quarterback on NES because that game, even with the price spikes through COVID, that game is still worth only 75 cents. It grew on trees. It's everywhere. But for some reason, my dad and I resigned to renting it every few weeks and we'd play it together. And I discovered that play, and I remember my dad like forbidding me from picking it while we played together. He's like, oh, "I won't play with you if you pick that play again. That ain't fair. That ain't fun for nobody. If you're gonna pick the fun, the, the funny, <laughs> we call it the funny play. Pick that funny play, cause that's not fun. <laughs> but you know, if he was beating me, I didn't want to lose. I go pick that play, and then he'd get mad. <laughs> so funny. That's good memories. Good Do memories. you remember how to pick that play? It's it's like you just let it rest on the uh, on on a certain uh option i think and let the time run out yeah something I, like that and then, i really don't and then remember you throw the receiver i really don't remember i just know that once i discovered it i abused my dad with it i and the <laughs> thing was i couldn't have been more than like six seven years old so i was super young just by <laughs> happenstance <laughs> that's pretty funny but he would get so pissed um, you know it's funny that you say this game is still only like 75 cents on on ebay or whatever because uh when i first moved to new mexico to um uh from minnesota uh to, is basically okay i i guess i have to say why i moved at this point uh i moved to uh be closer to my girlfriend's family uh i wanted to stay with her and uh she wanted to be closer to her family here in uh, albuquerque her brother, the like, once he heard that I was into old video games, the first thing he asked me about was about John Elway's <laughs> quarterback for NES. Wow. And he, his question was like, dude, I've got like a super rare game for, uh, uh, this is, a, it, he did the, like the grade school thing with me. He was like, yeah. I got John Elway's quarterback for NES, but this is the rare version. This isn't like any other versions that anybody else has. It has this glitch where you can do this. And I was just like, no, this is every game. <laughs> I, like, I, I didn't tell him that, but it was one of those one of those things where it's just like you kind of let it go. Yeah, just don't, it's kind of adorable. Yeah, you don't. You, you yeah, you don't. You don't confront the guy on it or anything like that he don't well actually he's he's got a good heart you know yeah no he he just wants to be friends so it's it's fine so but at the same time it's like (laughs) it's there are folks out there that like think this game is is cursed or (laughs) has like a like a unique version to it or something like that because of that glitch i i and I never actually confirmed that with him. He just told me that he has like a 
a rare version of the John Elway game that has a glitch. <laughs> and by the way, he is a huge Broncos fan. He is the oh, biggest yeah. Broncos fan in all of New Mexico. So he is, I mean, this dude's got Shannon Sharp bobbleheads. This guy's got freaking Mike Shanahan posters, basically just crazy person, like crazy <laughs> Broncos fan. So he's, uh, yeah, anything John Elway, anything with his name on it, he's all over it. So I don't want to like jump in there and do a well actually about an NES game when it when it's not necessary. You know, if I ever do a John Elway's quarterback video, I'll point that out and you can you can slide <laughs> it under the door to him and he'll he'll be like, "Oh, I didn't know they all had that. I thought I had that special one." Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh man. That's uh Good stuff. Good memory. Thanks for the email, Charles. I appreciate that. Yeah, thanks for the email. Uh, up next, we got an email from Hall of Famer Tim Brown. Hall of Famer, Pro Football Hall of Famer Tim Brown. He even titled the email he as such. A, he is, in fact, a, a Hall of Famer. Tim Brown, thank you for emailing. Yes, thanks for taking you the time. are, in fact, a Hall of Famer. Yeah, big, huge fan. All right, he says, uh, hello, drunk friends. I hope you guys are enjoying your summer. With the recent revival of arcade-esque beat-em-ups like Streets of Rage 4 and Shredder's Revenge, are there any dormant beat-em-ups that you would like to see get a new sequel or addition to the franchise? Personally, I'd love to see a new sequel to X-Men the Arcade Game. I think it would be cool if it carried a retro aesthetic, kind of like the Shredder's Revenge did. Ideally, I'd have them set in the same universe and art style as the 90s cartoon, and even include the classic theme song. That would be the absolute best. I love this genre of video games, and I hope we continue to see many more released in the future. Have a great day, gentlemen. Pro Football Hall of Famer, Tim Brown. Alex. Tim Brown, that's a good, good pet summer all by you there. Pro Football Hall Tim Brown. Just trying to impress you. Flag on the play. Where are you at on your dormant beat 'em up franchise you would like to see be revived? There's so many. Um, this email actually gave me an idea. Video to idea? Do a video, yeah. I of figured. like all the different beat 'em ups that I want to see get uh, some kind of uh, reboot. The one is, that came uh, to my mind is Golden Axe. Yeah. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love Especially, to see more Especially uh, if you kept the three different characters and you kept the three-button scheme the mm-hmm. same. Like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Yeah. And I had to look it up because I was like, for sure there's not been a Golden Axe in a long time. And the last thing was Golden Axe Beast Rider. On the uh, PS3 and Xbox 360, which uh, was more of a action adventure hack and slash. I don't. I mean, like maybe it's kind of a beat 'em up if you squint. But I won't like, like he's talking about retro style. Give me that, give me that new retro coat of paint on it. Give me some, give me some of that OG Golden X again. Yeah, there's retro. There's uh, the arcade version of Golden X, which is uh, Revenge of Death Adder, mm-hmm. which is pretty damn cool. Um, but there's also, uh, stuff like, uh, Hall of Famer Tim Brown also mentions X-Men. That's a game that needs, uh, to be, uh, redone with some, uh, modern, you know, 
16-9 aspect ratio graphics and all that sort of stuff. There's also all sorts of Konami beat-em-ups like Vendetta, like Metamorphic Force, like uh, Violent Storm, like all sorts of like ridiculous games that everybody forgot about uh, that could be packaged together just like Capcom did with their Capcom beat-em-up thing. Uh, Konami is the ones that have all this stuff, including X-Men, that could throw this stuff together and make it great. So I yeah. think that's my answer. Just all the old Konami. I like it, you know? Yeah. Well, but you throw know what will happen? We wish for like our old stuff to come back, and then they'll, we'll get like new rival turf or new combat tribes. Like, no, not that. <laughs> we wanted the <laughs> we wanted good turf. stuff. That's... You're talking about Nintendo, and you're talking about Nintendo Switch, and then what they do with their uh, stuff that comes out on their uh, mm-hmm. online service. Yeah, yeah. There is another uh, email here. This one is from Cross Keller. Sounds like a freaking Law and Order character or something. Like a '90s hip hop group. Yeah, Cross Keller uh, has got podcast question. He says, hey, guys, how's it going? How's it going, Trav? Hey, what's up? Good. Uh, Good. How are you? Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Oh, okay. Uh, I say, I'm a bit behind episode 54, but I drive 3,000 miles a month for work, so I'll catch up soon. At the <laughs> end of this episode was a call to action for emails, so here I am. What's up? Uh, That was like six months ago, I think, but okay. Four years uh, ago. Question. <laughs> question. How do you guys stay motivated to finish a game? I struggle to stay invested in games, especially RPGs, after about the fifth hour. I have so many games I've started and haven't finished. Is this something I should see a doctor about? <laughs> Bonus question. Give us your best piece of dad advice. That is from Cross Keller. All right. Heavy heavy questions well it is true i mean there's uh you know when it comes to the video games i think the easy answer that you'd go to is like well you know if you're not having fun there's no no reason to keep going with it uh you know you don't you don't have to finish every game but i, I do s- think there's some there's definitely some truth to that um the, i i've run into that myself uh when it comes to games like bravely default um I bought that game when it came out brand new and I was really excited to play it. And when I did, it, eh, 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 big, big bag of meh. Mm. I was not thrilled with it. I just didn't like it. I just could not get more than 10 hours into it. I just was not invested at all. And at that point I was just done. So I that's my personal thing like uh, if I bought the game like complete in the box and all that sort of stuff throw it I'm fine with just like putting it in the on the shelf and just not I guess that's the difference between now and then is like sometimes you put stuff on the shelf and Maybe someday you'll get back to it, but, uh, you know, uh, maybe, uh, 
you'll find nowadays you're more than likely to find something better to uh explain your error to uh you know do better <laughs> than bravely default yeah it's like for me sometimes i get trapped in the sunk cost fallacy of things like well i've already put 10 hours into it even though there's like 40 more to go and say well i need to validate that 10 i've put in gotta keep going so I've I've learned recently, or not learned, but I've kind of come to the point recently where I'm more comfortable just saying, "Nah, I'm done. I'll I'll take my ten hours and and go home. And I don't have to keep going with this." But I, a way a big way I stay motivated is just because I got a podcast about beating games. So who, what game have you done that with recently? Oh, recently, um, let's see. I think Outer Wilds was one so it's like mm. kind of a new action adventure game and in like rpg type game i didn't think it was bad it just wasn't for me at the time and that's also something i had to come to terms with it's like i'm not yeah. always going to be down to play the game that i started playing like it's good to hop around maybe have a few different games going to kind of bounce between but yeah I, that was probably the last one that i sunk a meaningful amount of time into and was like nah, i'm just not feeling it just not feeling yeah. it yeah that's the thing that I get into too, um, where I don't know what to think of the game that ended up being in my lap at that point. But uh, yeah, it it ends up being something that I'm not into, but maybe I'll vi- revisit sometime later or something like that. Yeah, yeah, for know. sure. But I guess my like I was alluding to my biggest impetus for finishing games is that I have a podcast where I have to come on and talk about the games that i finished and that made it sound like it's homework and a chore but that that is the enjoyment of it for me and that does push me along because i'm like man how am i going to describe this game you know or it's also kind of a notch on the belt for bringing to the podcast because steve he doesn't mess around steve beats games so that's yeah. a, a lot of my impetus is just because it's content for me but you know i've been in situations where i just didn't want to finish a game so i don't think you're abnormal man i don't think you you need to see a doctor i mean about the rash the rash is a big deal go see about the rash but if you have one you didn't mention a rash i'm just assuming you have one but i think you're good you know just eventually you'll find something that keeps your interest i think the rash sounds like a wcw wrestler from like the late 90s you're not wrong hey you know what my first grade teacher her name was miss rash I was like, man, that's that's rough. That is rough. That's a tough hand to be dealt, right especially there. for a teacher. Like, we're not going to let yeah. that go. We're kids. We're gonna yeah. we're gonna be like, where's your rash? Woof. Ooh, do you got a rash? Woof. That's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, she was brave. She's brave. All right. Well, uh, do you have any? I mean, I know that you don't have kids, Alex, but I mean, you you do you have any sage advice? Maybe some sage wisdom. Do I your, have any? Your dad passed down no, to you. I what's have... what's a dad like advice that you have? dad like advice that i have you know i remember one time when um uh my dad who's still alive by the way thankfully uh he (laughs) he'd agree with you thank you uh (laughs) he uh in eighth grade my dad uh, i had a like school project for like social studies or something like that which just say the word social studies and I start trembling. I hate <laughs> the idea of that class, but um, they, I, I got that. And uh, they sent me home with a homework assignment 
with something about like ask your dad about like life advice like what should you do with the rest of your life what is the best advice your dad should give you uh for and this is like eighth grade so i'm like 12 and or 13 or something like that and i go to my dad (laughs) my dad looks at me when i ask him this he looks at me with one of his incredulous looks like the fuck like he he (laughs) like like what like huh and he responds with don't be an idiot (laughs) so my best dad advice is don't be an idiot don't be an idiot man that's so succinct but like it could be applied to everything in life it works all i got very good uh man i uh I don't know that I have any good sage dad advice, but I am having to learn a lesson with my own kid in that my wife and I are kind of naturally introverted people, uh, and my our kid is very clearly not, and uh, she's very different than we both were when we were kids. Like I was shy to the point that whenever my parents took me anywhere, I'd kind of just hide behind my dad's leg and just peek around it to see people. And my daughter is friggin' crazy. She just runs up to people, wants to know their name, and introduces herself, and wants to play with them. That's cool. It is. I'm so envious of it, because I'm like, that's a skill I want to have. I want to be so confident in my my existence that I have what she has. And so she's going to end up dragging me into a lot of relationships. We're going to be meeting every friend. We're going to be meeting all of her friends' parents soon, because she's going to make tons of friends. And so I think a big thing that I'm having to learn because it, it's uncomfortable. Like I'm um, like, oh man, she's going to make friends with these people. <laughs> like, I just know she's going to introduce <laughs> herself to everybody in this grocery store line, and her parents and everything. And I gotta, I gotta play along with all this crap. And, uh, I know. And so my big thing now is just kind of come to terms with, I gotta let her, I gotta let her be herself. I gotta let her continue to extend outward, be an outward person, even though it's uncomfortable for me in some regard. Uh, we're, we're going to have to go along with this and I don't want to like stifle that. I don't want to tell her like, no, no, don't do that. You know? Cause I think my reaction a lot of times is like, no, get, get back here, leave them alone. <laughs> when in reality, it's like, she's harmless. She's going to go say hi to them and make friends. But I wouldn't have done that as, as I, when I was a kid, I was terrified of other kids. So that's, uh, it's not really advice so much as a, I guess, therapy for me, but, uh, let them, let them be themselves. That's super cool. Yeah, I guess so. She's going to probably have her own podcast at some point. We'll see. We'll hear, yeah. it. We'll hear it from her. All right. Well, coming up next, we've got Kev of Blue Peg, Pink Peg, Uncle Doug's DVD bin, and more. He's a great guy. Check him out. Hey, dubbies. Famous silent video game protagonist Gordon Freeman here to tell you about the Tales of the Lesser Medium podcast. Prepare to recoil in awe as Caleb and Travis entertain you through famous video game storylines from such legendary series as Tomb Raider, Resident Evil, Gears of War, TV VCR Repair, and more. If you enjoy video games, funny skits, and voice talent that will make you question the existence of God, you need to listen to Tales of the Lesser Medium, part of the Polymedia Network. All 
All right, Kevin, thank you so much for joining the Drunk Friend podcast. Sir, how are you doing? Man, I am I am fantastic, and I am excited to be here with you fine gentlemen. In fact, on my way to record, I did a little tap dance. I did a little tap dance move. <laughs> you did? Did even put a, little, put a little spin in there even. Wow. You must have been real excited. Alex, have you ever tap danced? No, but Kevin, <laughs> I got to ask, uh, have you ever done radio before? Because, man... Your intro right there was just like buttery smooth. Ooh, I appreciate like, man, that. Like, yeah, like, like, oh yeah, you said that like a uh, real like. You're listening to the Light FM Adult Contemporary. Coming up <laughs> next is Loggins and Messina. Or, you know, like whatever. Like, man, you sound like a freaking like radio dude. Oh man, I appreciate it. No, I did uh, like way back in the day in college. I did college radio and then um, after I got out of college, I was like the weekend guy at the local shit kicker country station. You know, like, all right, coming on in here. Uh, next up, we got <laughs> Alan Jackson way down yonder on the I was, chair. I was just going <laughs> to ask if you ever played any Alan Jackson. You oh, you answer know. That. <laughs> what, what, who else do you remember playing from that era? Oh man, it was all the like great, because this station primarily never left the 90s so it was a lot of like brooks and dunn and like george oh, Strait yeah. and garth brooks and like a lot of that 90s you know the late Juds. 80s yeah yeah a lot of that good stuff man i can't i can't do the, the modern country but man i can i can get down with the country that i listened to when i was you know small and makes me yeah. feel all the nostalgia same dude i like that era of country it reminds me of my dad and pickup trucks and I don't know. Good stuff. Anything after like 1997, I uh, I don't understand. <laughs> That's both technology and pop culture, right? Yes, exactly. Like when, Clint, games, when, when guys like Clint Black were the biggest thing in in, <laughs> uh, in in country. That like that's my that's my jam right there. Like I don't I can't go any any go <laughs> any further than that. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's about as far as I go. I was talking to my mom the other day, and she um, was a huge Conway Twitty fan. And like, ah, we're not even guys. We're not even getting into. We're just we're bird walking already, and I love this. But my, I was talking to my mom, and to give you a little um, idea of where some of my personality quirks come from, she was a huge Conway Twitty fan. We're texting back and forth, and she said, "Yeah, I loved Conway Twitty. He was my favorite country music artist. He died of a stomach aneurysm." Period. <laughs> That's just like a mom. Was she throwing out his his bonafides right there? Like, yeah, you know this guy's legit because he died of a stomach ache. That's what it sounds like. Maybe, maybe that's what it was. I don't know why her mind went there or why I needed that in a text message. But you know what? Now I can't unknow that. Oh, about Conway. Oh, Twitty. it was in a text message. Yeah. yeah. Well, then it might just be uh, some of my favorite old people Facebook. I was going to bring that up. That feels like a, a quintessential yeah. Alex favorite. One of my absolute favorite things about the internet. I don't know why this is. I, 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 I've done so much self-examination as, as to why I laugh so much at old people failing to use technology properly. <laughs> it always makes me laugh really, really, really hard. Uh, the best example of this is uh, I have this as a saved post on Reddit. And it's a grandmother uh, asking her grandson if she wants a bowl that she has, a bowl, just a bowl. Mm -hmm. So the way she does this is she creates 
a Facebook group called Do You Want This Bowl? <laughs> and, and, the, and the group picture is a picture of the bowl. <laughs> and <laughs> and the, way, the way the post works is it just shows like the administrative log of the group Do You Want This Bowl? And it's like, <laughs> you have been invited to Do You Want This Bowl? And then Grandma leaves. Just <laughs> Gra Grandma has left Do You Want This Bowl? You are now administrator of Do You Want This Bowl? <laughs> it's just the freaking greatest. Like, I could watch, like, if, if there comes a time when I'm not laughing at that joke, I'm like, I just unplug the machine at that point, because that just absolutely kills me every time. So yeah, if, if this, if what you received is a text message and that's that's it just tickles me then that's just that's wonderful <laughs> yeah i i hate to tell you this but by the time that you no longer find that joke funny you'll actually be that person making facebook groups <laughs> yeah. about bowls oh yeah i can't wait i'm already calling it the ticker talkers <laughs> <laughs> and the twitter books new twitter books that's twitter my books. favorite yeah Yep, already embarrassing my girlfriend's niece. Yeah, she <laughs> she hates me. But yeah, I'm still thinking that's just a great way to give someone a bowl. Like, you don't have to deal with it. Just <laughs> trap them in a group. Trap and them then... in a bowl group. Now you're bowl guy. You got yeah. bowls. Oh, that's <laughs> fantastic. You're the, you're the administrator of, of a bowl. You, now you just got to drop them off at their house. Hey, you're the administrator of bowls. Here's your bowls. Uh, good stuff. You know, you mentioned you mentioned Kev's uh, sultry tones. And mm. I'm familiar yes. with those. Yes, buttery smooth. I'm familiar with those tones uh, in, a, in a couple of ways. Uh, one is that Kev and I are hosting a new podcast together called Uncle Doug's DVD Bin. And mm. that's been fun so far. We've done some classics. We've done Dirty Dancing. We just recently re uh, released one about The Crow. Alex, all your favorite movies. And I know you like Clearly. some good 80s movies and we got a few of those. We're mainly in 1994 because of 1994 <laughs> that I went through, and we watched a bunch of those, but I'm telling you, man, good stuff in there. Yeah, I love the idea of the podcast because I love the idea of Uncle Doug mm -hmm. um, and uh, him being this like uh, kind of like mysterious figure that just dropped off these, these DVDs, mm -hmm. and you got to go through them, and you called him part dale earnhardt i think he's more than a, a little part of dale earnhardt i think he's got <laughs> like he, he's got some trauma there like i think he's got like a son that was like secretly a jeff gordon fan and him <laughs> him and his son don't like each other you know because he wants him to be a dale D dale earnhardt fan and he likes jeff gordon you know it goes I, way yeah. back to those days yeah, and Conway Twitty has to be involved somehow, for sure. I think we yeah, even brought up Conway Twitty in, in a couple of the episodes. <laughs> My favorite factoid about Doug that I, I really didn't know until recently uh, is that he never wears a shirt that has sleeves. I've never seen it. I'm Even middle of winter, no sleeves on that shirt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Don't need them. No sleeves and no muscle tone. <laughs> exactly. Just, he's Nothing got to show long, off. yeah, long ropey arms. It's pretty amazing. But you know what? He's surprisingly strong. I, I've seen him yeah. lift a Chevy 350 just by <laughs> himself. Man. No, yeah. no engine lift. Nothing. Just whoop, picked it right up. He's like yep. a cryptid. Yep. He's a cryptid. Ah, <laughs> but it's a good if you, if you like Kevin's Kevin's voice. You can pop over there, and then you can also hear me in the background hucking it up like a like I always do. I, I kind of sound like a less excited Gomer pile most of the time, so you have that contrast. 
Oh, so does he play the the sergeant guy? I forget Gomer Pyle, but I just remember Pyle. <laughs> right. Yeah, I guess I guess so. Yeah, Kevin would be would be more the keeps keeps you in track. Yeah, keeps you on track. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. For sure. And then also, and we'll, we'll hit a, hit a bunch of things here, but Kevin and I do improv together. We hang out every Monday, and 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 Kev teaches me the ropes. I learn a little bit. <laughs> And then on uh, the occasional Saturday, we'll do a show, and and Kevin, by somewhat by default, uh, because lately he hurt his back and couldn't do a lot of the fun stuff that we're doing up on stage, is our <laughs> main host. And I tell you, the guy, great crowd control, great great interaction with the crowd. He knows how to get the best out of them. So that Kev, pretty good at that. Now, Kev, well, I've seen you in action doing this, and honestly, I think your ability to get involved with the crowd and get suggestions and sort of riff about what we're doing and introduce each game is maybe more impressive than just doing improv in general. I find that to be a very good quality. Is that something that uh, improv or acting or or at radio, or have you, just, have you just always been good in front of a group? Yeah, man. well, first of all, thank you for saying that, and I appreciate you lying for the, the purposes of this podcast. Thank you so much for doing that. Yeah. Now, uh, when I'm in front, I guess I, I think back to when I was like a young kid, um, you know, I always was sort of a, a little bit of a class clown, but like I wanted to be the class clown that everybody like respected and the teachers still liked. So I kind of bring that weird middle of the road vibe to the stage when I'm when I'm hosting or when I'm, you know, trying to to, to sort of lead people where I want them to go, but in a way where they think it's their own idea. I think that's really where, where my, my only strength I have leads is uh, audience emotional manipulation. I've just said it. I've just revealed my dirty, dark secret <laughs> right here for you guys right now. All right. All right. I can get behind that. I can get behind that. It's It seems like you're leaking with confidence, but I know deep, deep down you're not. I mean, I think that's impressive. You're able to hide it. I can't. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're doing a good job. Oh, you know, the, the secret to, to hiding your, your lack of confidence is you just you smile and talk loud. If oh. you just smile and talk loud, it's strictly mechanical. No one will know the difference. Just smile and talk loud. Try it right now. I mean, I'm just going to assume you're smiling. Yeah. Uh, and talk loud? I don't know that it's... Do what now? What? I don't know that it works for me just yet. It will take practice. I'll practice in the car and not around people. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I've... Uh... <clears throat> Man, I have had a ton of fun doing improv with you, Trev. I'm glad you you kind of joined us and um, kind of joined. You know, it, one yeah. of the it takes it takes it takes a certain amount of not caring about your own dignity to do improv, and you just walked in and had that naturally, which I was really impressed <laughs> with. <laughs> yeah, for sure, it felt great. Let me tell you, but no, it has it has been a lot of fun, and I wanted to ask you about your history with improv because i know you do you've done acting in the past and i think at one point you would have considered your career like what you did as an actor uh so i'm curious you know maybe which came first when you got interested in in the improv side of things versus what maybe you would call the traditional acting uh has this been a thing since high school is this part of your class clown origination or origin story <laughs> maybe a little bit i you know the first memory i have of doing improv like good and proper improv was i went and did this um, high school play festival um, maybe i was in 10th grade something like that so we learned this this play it was a it was a monologue play called i know i saw gypsies um, and it was a bunch of monologues written by high school students about high school life essentially and and so we're at this this big 
like um, high school theater competition, which is just sort of a ludicrous, ludicrous concept anyway, but we can not pay any attention to that right now and and uh as part of the fun at the end of it you know everybody's out in the audience and they wanted uh everybody who was in all the shows to play some improv games together and so trav i know you know the game freeze but the way this for for the listeners out there the way this game works is um you'll have two people uh performing a scene and someone from the back line is going to call out freeze and the two people that are in the scene will freeze in the exact physical position they're in so the person that calls freeze then steps in tags someone out and takes their exact physical position and starts a new scene based off of that physical position okay you with me so far that's hard <laughs> so that sounds hard it's 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 easier than it sounds but way more difficult to be funny than you think and i learned that yeah. at this this um <laughs> this high school drama thing i stepped out i took the position and i did i can't remember exactly what i said i had i had in my idea or my idea rather was that there was an alien abduction happening and i thought it was going to be just a crowd killer i thought for sure everyone is going to erupt in laughter when i do this bit and it was just dead silence <laughs> like just utter cold sweat failure when i stepped out and said this line and mercifully someone else said freeze and took me the hell out of there and i was like i don't want anything to do with improv ever again <laughs> mm. i yeah and but what happened you're still here what did what happened I, I guess How long I, ago was that? Oh my god, that has to be over twenty years ago. Uh, at oh least, shit! Okay, yeah, twenty, probably at least twenty three or twenty four years ago, if not more. Something somewhere along those lines. I'm not real great at math in my head, but let's just say I, it was it was a while ago. And um, but I was hooked on the the acting thing, man. I loved it. I, that's you know that's what I thought I wanted to do, and so I went to uh, went to college for that. And I worked, um, you know, in, in the uh, acting world, you do what's called summer stock. So, you know, you go to these basically big touristy sort of theaters that operate during the summer and you work there. Then you go back to school, you know, and you kind of bounce back before I did that for several years. And then after I graduated, I did a whole ton of stage at like regional theaters and stuff. And then, fellas, let me tell you what I did. I fell in love. Aww. That's what I did. Uh-oh. Mm-hmm. That ended mm-hmm. your acting career like it did Tom Cruise. <laughs> Trav and I's reactions were very different there. Trav, Trav, wait, I fell in love. Trav, ah, me, uh oh. <laughs> I mean, just want to point that out. Yeah, I would say both are accurate for different reasons. So, um, yeah, and it was. I mean, it is exactly that story. Like you know, when you're when you're young, I wasn't really ever struggling. I worked pretty frequently, but um, you're always traveling. You're never able. It, oddly enough, if you want to date someone and eventually get married, you actually have to be in the same state as them it helps and so <laughs> i kind of just put the the acting thing on the back burner and got kind of a grown-up job but i was fortunate to still be able to kind of do some of the acting stuff that i love to do on the side and then about 10 years ago i wandered onto a uh, a now defunct web series where i met uh, amy uh, trowell who is our um our uh, creative director with Big Lit Conspiracy, which is the improv group that Trav and I are in. Yeah, and, and Amy has been a guest l- on this podcast, actually. 
Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. absolutely. So um, listeners are very familiar with her. And um, I was fortunate enough to be in the right place at the right time and get to kind of start playing with uh, BLC, which has been just uh, every day renewed some sort of adventure. I'll tell you that. <laughs> it is a ton of fun, for sure. So that so that's interesting. So that was your your arc was uh, improv was your act, your way to act after you'd settled down in a way hmm. way to keep it at home, huh? Yeah, yeah. Well, that's pretty cool. Pretty, pretty cool. I have enjoyed uh, being in the Biglet conspiracy, and I know earlier you said Travis when you kind of joined us, and I still, I for a while did, did feel like I was only kind of in the group because I wasn't on the website until recently, and then I added myself. So now I'm officially <laughs> a member, and boy, is it a ton of fun. I gotta say though, harder than you think. And I know people are like, yeah, of course it's hard, Travis, well, you dumbass. I, I think it's I think it's pretty hard, Travis. But it's it's even it's even more difficult than that at times. Now, Kevin, I'm gonna out what we're gonna be doing next month because mm. I felt like, you know, we had a show on Saturday. We had some great folks come down, some folks that were in our uh, our polykill Discord. Uh you traveled pretty far to come and hang out and, and hang out with us, meet us, watch the show, and that was great. Uh and I felt like I had a pretty good show. I felt pretty proud. I went home Saturday night. I told my wife, I was like, ah, I feel like, I feel like it's finally starting to click. I had some things really going for me there. I feel like, uh, I feel like I've, I've, I've crossed the hump. I'm getting a little bit more confidence in the art, and it was good. And then Monday I show up, and then in behind me walks a guy with a keyboard, and we start doing musical improv. And I'm like, whoa, now, whoa, I'm no Wayne Brady, Kev. Calm down. I just now got to the point where I could speak without throwing up. You're going to make me sing. So now, now, Kev, you got me scared. Yeah, I, I I literally had to get out uh, a, a stick that I would just poke Trav with so he wouldn't try to run away mm. and ke- keep scooching yeah. it back on the stage to get him to do a little bit of singing. It's are you, did those bruises heal up okay? By the way, Trav? No, they're very <laughs> visible. I have to wear a sweater. I think I think Trav's more of a rap guy. <laughs> he <laughs> Not definitely on the spot. Is. I got Google Sheets for that. I, I that's that's you, you freestyle. Scripted. They don't let you freestyle in this improv. What kind of improv is this? Oh no, that's that's all we do. That's what I'm saying. I'm much more comfortable oh. behind the Google Sheets. You know, going to the rhyming dictionary okay. and pulling out some clever words. You know, you put me on the <laughs> spot. Oh my gosh! And everyone else there crushed it. Of course, I get up there the first time. I I my first time. Guy with the keyboard, he's ready to go. He's like, come on, start singing something so I can play a ditty. And I just, I did the whole scene with my eyes closed. I was like, y'all can't see me. I can't see you. And this is how we're going to do this. But we'll, we'll get there. You're you're so full of shit, Trevor. You did perfectly well, my friend. Listen, he managed <laughs> to squeak out a pretty funny little song. He did this bit. Um, it was it was the, what was going on in the scene was um, the hairdresser or barber was trying to hook him up with her uh, cousin or niece or something who had recently been to prison. And Trav did this whole song like, so what if she had blood on her hands? I think she was innocent. She definitely didn't murder that guy, and it was hilarious. Well, I'm glad you think so because I was covered See, in flop Trav? sweat. I was covered in flop sweat and bruises See, from that stick. I didn't <laughs> See, when when you guys talk about like a, a, some rando with a piano showing up, I think of Laura Hall from <laughs> yes. whose line is it anyway? <laughs> just with her giant s- perpetual smile that never goes away. Every time the camera cuts to her, she's always smiling. But uh, yeah, I'm curious. I guess I'm curious about like what kind of music do you do? It's that it when is when you're told to do. Is it the same? Like, is it is it like just piano and then you just sing along however you want or you come up with your own melody or how does that work? 
Essentially, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, our our guy uh Scott is just phenomenal. Like the guy is such a musical talent and he will uh um, Wow. Yeah, he'll just toss you, you know, okay, so we play a game called um, That Sounds Like a Song. So you'll be acting out a scene, and you'll say a line. Let's just say, hey, I don't think she murdered anybody. And the other person would say, that sounds like a song. Well, now that thing that you just said is the first line of the song you're <laughs> about to sing, right? And, yeah. and Scott will just toss in like some bossa nova or some country or some bluegrass, oh, and you got to wow. go right with it. Okay. But he's really good at hearing how flat or sharp you are and adjusting, <laughs> adjusting okay. accordingly to get you in tune. That's really cool. That's that's really interesting. That's really cool. That's that that is a uh, that is a tough uh, gig to have uh, because um, yeah, I'd imagine uh, if I were up there, there you would need to find like a note between flat and whole that would uh, need to you know he'd be out there tuning the piano keys. <laughs> I, I'm imagining an actual piano to to match my tone, but uh, yeah, that's that does sound cool though. It sounds like a hell of a gig. Trav, I'm jealous. Oh, well, you can take my spot. Uh, fr- uh, Friday, September 9th. Am I gonna s- Come on what down. What am I going to sing about? Ken Griffey Jr.? Dude, if that's what you like, <laughs> that's what you're into. I know Ken, you could. Which Ken Griffey? Are you going to sing about like oh. early career Ken Griffey when he was like still looked human or like jacked beast steroids Ken Griffey? <laughs> I don't think Griffey was, uh, by the way, I don't think Griffey was ever a steroid guy. I think what? McGuire and Sosa were. I don't think, I think Griffey was too injured to be a steroid guy for one thing. He was always yeah, his were prescribed injured probably. during the steroid offer. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, my my Griffey is the early Seattle uh, from 89 to, I'll say, 94. Okay. Uh, 96, Seattle Mariners era. The the, the Cincinnati Reds Griffey doesn't exist to me. Right. <laughs> that's that's the more just, giant just, one, right? I think I, I think he's just giant just because he just because he just ate a lot of hot dogs and hamburgers or something i don't know i think it was dad i'm gonna call it dad weight like you know you ever not see someone between the ages of like 27 and 33 and they just got extra jowls you're like you're not fat but you're more you somehow yeah he's just more of that person he's just more of that guy yeah a little beefier it's fine wow uh shout out to ken griffey jr by the way i'm sure he's listening and uh we're sorry if anything we said upset you I mean, it's it's Alex's exactly. favorite human being and video game. It's amazing how it works out with Alex and King Griffey Jr. Wow. Okay. Do you have it? It doesn't work out. It hasn't worked out yet, but it will. I was going to say that's you... a great way to shout out our uh, our stream because all three of us are going to be on the charity stream, yeah. and Alex on at some time Sunday morning will be rifling through old baseball dudes, and maybe if we're lucky, a King Griffey Jr. card will pop up, and we'll get a full a full rundown. Full rundown. Ooh, I was wondering about that. If he had that Ken Griffey Jr. Uh, rookie card, I got a few Griffey rookies: the Fleer, mm. the Tops, maybe the Upper Deck, maybe uh, s- some of those. But uh, yeah, I, I, I've got a few baseball guys. I got a few football guys, but mostly I got some golf guys. <laughs> that's what oh, we want. We got man. some '90s golf guys. I can't <laughs> wait. That's that's gonna be. A, when the when the boys separate from the men, right? When it comes to that guys in the nineties, it's gonna be we're gonna be talking some P. H. Horgan the third. Oh, don't spoil we're it. We're gonna be talking 
some Freddie Couples. Oh, I'm g- just give me a taste. Just give me a taste. <laughs> I, uh, you could literally just be making people up at this point. That's how little I know about '90s golf. Other than like my best friend's dad growing up would just all day Sunday. Every time we'd walk by the couch, he'd just be watching golf on their mm-hmm. their you oh, know, yeah. like giant satellite okay. dish. That guy's living the life. He's watching the Los Angeles Open presented by AT and T or whatever the hell back in back in night at Riviera Golf Club back in like nineteen ninety three or whatever. And it's like Greg Norman and here we go again. All these guys, yeah. Uh, where does, uh, where does Happy uh, Happy Gilmore fall in the pantheon of golfers? Oh, he's he's top ten all okay, time. Okay, good. Especially when it comes to like narratives and stories, he's up there. He's kind of alongside John Daly. Mm. Okay, that's All good right. stuff. Yep, I know know exactly who that is. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. yeah mm. I was going to say, oh, my... Google John Daly if you get a chance. My just oh. just the pictures alone will will make you a fan. <laughs> I was going to say the only two 90, 90s golfers that I know are actually Happy Gilmore and Shooter McGavin. So I'm glad that I'm not alone. <laughs> Kevin and I are on the same wavelength. John Daly has one of the greatest '90s mullets you'll ever see in your life. It's, it's oh my amazing. god, I know exactly who you're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, the blonde yeah, mullet. Yeah, yeah, he was kind of like a, you know, not a, I wouldn't say a husky, but a thicker dude. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. He And he does not dye his hair that color. He is naturally blonde. Like, like that dude is like from Let the Right One In. Like, that guy is like Scandinavian as hell. Like, he is blonde as blonde, and he's got the mullet to end all mullets at that time. And he's doing it in, 90, like, the late 90s, like 95, 96, 97. Right. So big respect to John Daly. Yeah, well past you, the the prime of the of the hairdo, he was still repping it. And he he wanders around a golf course like he's looking for his tag team partner. He looks like a lost wrestler. <laughs> <laughs> he's looking for like Dusty Rhodes or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you something about WCW here <laughs> in the big leagues. Oh, I hope you get you have wrestling cards too. That could be fun. Yeah. Oh, great call. Uh, if there were more time, I totally would have got some. Oh, man. I do not have any wrestling hey, cards. There's always next perfect. year. Yeah, always next year. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> gosh dang. All right. So we've, um, let's see, have, have I hit all, I've hit three of my four uh, uh, promotional marks here. We, we shouted out Uncle Doug's DVD <laughs> then. We, we shouted we out the Big Lit Conspiracy Show. And we, yeah. we mentioned the charity stream a bit. And of course, yep. uh, Kev, you'll be on there. You'll be running a little game show at a. 11 p.m. Eastern there on Saturday, which should be fun. Uh, I want to move into your, I'm going to say your more important podcast than Uncle Doug's mm-hmm. DVD, Ben, only because the listenership on this gush dang thing is apparently very good. We got, we're talking Blue Peg, Pink Peg. Tell us about mm. Blue Peg, Pink Peg and uh, how you got involved. Oh, man. Well, um, as all good stories, it starts with improv. Actually, the uh, the other host of uh, Blue Peg, Pink Peg, and actually their one of their former hosts um, were OG members of our, our group, Trav, uh, Big Lit Conspiracy, way back in the day. And so uh, I'd been friends, pals with them for a while, and um, uh, they are big board gamers, as I was always a really loved board games, loved RPGs, tabletop games, all that good stuff. And so kind of started playing games with them. Um, and they had uh, an opening come up for, for a host for the show. And I said, hey, hey guys, what about me over here? 
You know, I like talking into a microphone. I like board games. You know, I can I can tie my own shoes, guys. And they were lucky enough. They brought me on for some uh, some uh, kind of guest spots. You know, I popped on and, and would talk about a game here or there and just kind of hang out. And, you know, it just seemed to stick, which has been uh, really great. Um, it was a little it was a little intimidating, to be honest with you, because um, I loved the podcast. Like I was just a fan of the podcast and a listener for years. And so like kind of trying to fill some of those shoes of listening to or, or, or uh, of hosts that you've been listening to for a while. I was like, Oh man, I really, I, in, in my mind, I was, I was having visions of that time. I stepped out to try to do that alien abduction scene and it just failed. And I was for <laughs> sure, like I was going to fail stepping into this podcast, but so far it's been okay. Like I've, I, it seems like uh, we call our listeners, the peckheads, the peckheads have really um, kind of enjoyed some of, especially my puns. Uh, I haven't, I haven't worked any, in here yet because I didn't want to, you know, cause a cause a ruckus, as the kids say. Um, the You're kid, the pun lord. The kids from, that's right. The kids from like 1941 would have said ruckus probably, but um, yeah, they've they've kind of enjoyed that and some of the stuff that I've kind of been bringing to the to the podcast. I was really excited about it though, and um, it's been a great ride, man. I, I really enjoy it a lot. We actually um, kind of cons- almost consolidated two podcasts, so you had the Blue Peg Pink Peg World, and then my other favorite board gaming podcast was a podcast called Brawling Brothers. And one of the hosts from Brawling Brothers joined Blue Peg Pink Peg at the same time I did. So I was like fanboying over it. Wow. You know, it was it was pretty cool, man. It's a pretty cool experience. That sounds like it would cause some dramatic rifts through the board gaming podcast stratosphere. <laughs> like you guys would go on Mari and have it out and figure out who, who was with who. I mean, did it, it create any drama? Oh my God! Yeah, I mean, it was like, have you seen the movie The Warriors? Like, we were all just roaming the streets of New York City in outfits, looking for each other. It got real for a minute, fellas. Warriors, come out to play! Love it, love it. I know that Alex and I are a little bit more into the solo experience that video games bring us, and uh, board games very often requires number one a table big enough and two mm-hmm. very often a table big enough two things i uh, or already said table uh, and friends you need two big oh. tables and friends so when it comes to board games for you is that the experience is is it is it a social thing or do you really just enjoy being a friggin' nerd and uh <laughs> and doing all the math in front of everybody and showing off your smarts well, why not both? First of mm-hmm. all, why not both? But I love, um, I do love the social experience, though. Some games, if you're playing, and it's not that they're like overly competitive or whatever, they can just be very thinky. Like if you're playing a really crunchy Euro game, you know, a lot of people are kind of lost in their own thought and they don't want a lot of table talk. So, um, you know, it really depends on what kind of experience you're looking for from the social aspect. I mean, I do love that because I tend to be. Um, a little socially awkward. I'm sure you haven't noticed at all. And then I also tend to maybe overshare or talk too much. So if I have something to focus on that keeps me from doing that, man, it's really a, a good thing for me. <laughs> Now, one thing I would mention to you is don't be afraid to do a little solo board gaming. Now, that is an option. There's some great games out there that you can play solo all by yourself um, if you if, if maybe you don't want that social experience. So or, you know, you don't have any friends that are into gaming. Um, there's also uh, and I, I don't mean to shout out uh, another discord because obviously the, the polymedia discord, uh, the polykill uh, discord is the best one. But mm-hmm. over in the blue mm-hmm. peg, pink peg discord, you um, 
you can join other people and play board games online. So there there are options. You know, you can meet and make new friends, you know, much like you can in kind of the video game world. So there's, you know, man, I think there's a board game for everybody, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I don't I don't mean to call you out, Trab, but I've, I've been I've been trying to get you on the Internet to play some board games with me. And I don't know, man. I feel like I feel feel like you've been shucking and jiving a little bit, dipping and dodging. <laughs> I'm just such a busy guy. I would love to, though. <laughs> I would love to. I I've been uh uh what's the word I'm looking for uh proposed and not proposed to prompted uh propositioned to do D and D, and I'm like I don't know if I'm ready for that. I would. <laughs> I would much prefer let's just play something simple and see what my commitment is because you know a D and D campaign that's like weeks of your life you got you're building a narrative and a story and like I got podcasts to do man I got I got a I got a I got a network empire to uphold man I can't just be doing all this other stuff but you've told me about Tabletopia and I think that that is mm-hmm. a, a cool and, and fun thing so that has I don't want to say nearly limitless but it has like a good number of board games that people can play like digitized versions of actual mm-hmm. physical board games um so i think that's pretty neat and that's i mean i would like to get into that at some point yeah it's not, not the only source i mean you've got tabletopia you've got uh tabletop simulator you've got board game arena arena excuse me or um, bga is what us, us nerds call it so you know you you've, you've definitely got a lot of a lot of options out there but i mean you know, just even grabbing a grabbing a game to take to um, you know the family get together can be can be a real blast, man. You, you gotta you gotta give that board game a give it a chance, man. I should I should because if there's nothing I like more than I mean the idea of just being able to hang out with people and, and, and drink beer and crack jokes and not care whether I win at something that's my favorite thing to do because uh, I'm not that competitive really. I just like to uh, I just like attention. So it, it sounds <laughs> it sounds like it's perfect. Trev, what's the last board game you played? Honestly, it was one that Kevin loaned me, and it's uh, oh, what is it called? It's the crime one where you have you download an app and you solve a, a Chronicles of Crime. Chronicles wow. of Crime, yeah. And it's it may be less of a board game and more of just like a, a mystery experience, but I mean, it does have a board that you had to fold out and cards you had to look at. So I'm gonna count it. Man, in terms of like hardcore stuff that uh, you know requires you know math and yeah, smarts, a lot of like. You know, like a to be continued, yeah. Like a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> You're not done much I, of that. I, 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 I've never done anything like that before myself. So, it's it. I guess there's a. It seems like there's like a big learning curve on stuff like that. Like it, there needs to be, uh, a lot of uh, what do you call it? Uh, just a lot of memorization, a lot of like statistics and things to remember. <laughs> and it's like I'm I'm not good at. I I, I am good at th- those things when it comes to like. 90s stuff for some reason like <laughs> hey you want you want another home run leaders hey matt williams hit 56 <laughs> home runs in 1996 or whatever the hell but yeah it, that that's some of that world is a bit intimidating at times i you know the thing with board gaming and and kind of the world and the culture associated with it is that there isn't an awful lot of gatekeeping because all of us board game guys are so and gals and and um, and non-binary folks are such nerds. We just want people to play with. So like we will bring you in. Like we'll give you that like gateway board game that's maybe light and you can pick it up really quick and have a lot of fun with. So I you know I, you swing by your you know your friendly local game store and 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 join a table. Now there are uh, there 
there are very sort of clickish and competitive, like in the um, like Magic the Gathering can be a little bit. I, and I'm not, you know, and I'm not, I'm not hating on MTG folks. I, I love it myself, but just you know, they they tend to be very competitive and they play in tournaments and that sort of thing. So that may not be the most beginner friendly thing. But something like a D and D campaign, if you put together with your buds, oh my god, it's it's a blast, and you can do a rules light campaign and just have a lot of fun. So, um, or you can you can grab that, you know, you can grab uh, the next Steffenfeld game and, and put it on the table and play it. it. There's just, it's just like video games in a lot of ways. There's a great breadth of experience to be had. I think that's it. I think that's the cool thing about board games and, and, and of course, video games as well, is the experiences that you have when you play them versus just the game itself. That's excellent. Yeah, it's um, interesting that you say that because... I remember my girlfriend uh, playing D&D for the first time and she created, you know, it's like, oh, here, here's a great new player. It's it's this person. And OK, what <laughs> she wasn't taking it seriously. Uh, she never takes anything seriously. But she was talking about uh, uh, here, here's this new cr- character. I'm going to create him. His, his name is Crumbles. <laughs> That's his name. He's a dwarf named Crumbles. Okay, and mm-hmm. he, and he has like these terrible adventures, and eventually, like everybody gets sick of her, and he dies, and he dies of fear eventually, <laughs> and it's like he's written out of everything, so it's like, yeah, we don't want you here. So that has happened in the past. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but my girlfriend Pearl is probably not the best example to go by because she tends to <laughs> do that and bring that out with people sometimes especially especially when it comes to D stuff but i'm just saying i'm just i just threw that out there as a funny story poor crumbles <laughs> poor crumbles he, poor crumbles yeah, <laughs> poor crumbles yeah I, I wanted to pour one out for crumbles that's all i wanted to do uh, i'm telling you if crumbles wants to join a campaign i i'm in i'm 100 percent there for it <laughs> me too i'm there <laughs> so in, in on blue peg pink peg you guys review board games and you get a copy of a board I, I guess you rotate like who gets what and you uh you, you sort of work it out you play them together you you analyze them and review them what are some things that you're looking for when you're reviewing a board game uh, first and foremost is it fun uh, and if it's not fun, then what the hell am I doing with my time? I think that that's a that's a huge thing for me. And like the and there's this weird X factor in board games, just like there is in a video game. Like, and there's some psychological triggers that people, you know, designers can use to to manipulate you a little bit. But in general, there is that X factor that just connects you to a game. So I'm always looking for that. And then, is it mechanically sound and is it well balanced? I think those are the big three things for me. And then adjacent to that, do I like the theme? Is the production quality good? You know, that sort of thing. But kind of in that um, descending order as far as like, okay, here's the experience. You know, is it mechanically sound? Is it balanced? And then all the other accoutrement, I guess you would say. Because there are some games that are so much fun to play that are just ugly as hell. Like, they're just the, <laughs> uh, there's a game, Concordia, which has just some of the ugliest art, but it's one of the most fun games that I've ever played. You know, it's an, it's a very simple game, too. It's very elegantly designed. You take one action and things happen. That's essentially what it is. Each round, or each turn, rather, you're planning one action. So it's not overly complicated, but it provides some really interesting 
interesting um, thoughts or, or um, uh, planning that you can do and, and, and that sort of thing. I do love that element of board games too is that, that really appeals to my um, wishes he was smarter nature, whatever <laughs> that's called, where you know I'm kind of looking at, okay, well, I can combo this thing together or this thing, but I have to make a choice because I know um, that Trav's going to go and try to take this particular item that I might need, so I want to block him out because that's going to score points mm-hmm. for him. You know, kind of making all of those decisions. The decision-making part of board gaming is also something that I really like to and really contributes to how highly I rate a game is what the the decision-making process is like in the game. Interesting. Do, do you think that board gaming, and it could just be one of those things, it's like, you know, when you hear a word for the first time and you learn what it is and you feel like you hear it all the time. I don't know if for me, I feel like board gaming is undergoing like sort of a renaissance in the last bit. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's due to certain outlets like Kickstarter and, and that kind of thing. But do you sense that? Do you sense that there's sort of a growing, you know, revitalization of board games and like indie board games as of late? I, I know that the the only metric that I have to judge is like the con- well, you know, and a lot of it there's 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 pre-COVID and post-COVID, but like the cons tend to be getting bigger and tend to have, you know, more money thrown at them. There's more I will say there's a lot more and it's the same thing in the video game world, I think, too. There's a lot more indie, de- you know, um, uh, publishers out there and designers out there than there there ever have been. And I do think platforms like Kickstarter and, you know, there's there's a new one, GameFound, um, kind of make that happen. And I think that that is pretty cool. I, you know, I, I definitely think that games are getting... I don't know that I would necessarily say better because there's some great games going back, you know... Uh, to to the 80s even but um, games are getting more depthy and more girthy as well I mean we were we were actually having a discussion about this the other day and that like that we refer to how comp complex a game is in the, in the board game where we say the weight of the game how heavy or light the game is the weight of it um, games are trending heavier um and that 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 um, entry point is kind of moving a little bit to what a light game is. So that's kind of interesting to see. And I think, I mean, you know, I think you could make that argument that it's happening in video games as well, right? Like, game. Well, I don't know, man. There's some. There's always been some really tough video games, but like the knowledge of basic mechanics and things that game designers in both video game and board game no longer have to explain to a new player, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, sort of like just the understood baked in mechanics that we've just we just understand are part of games now. Yeah. You shoot the you shoot the red barrel it blows up. Exactly. Stuff like that. Yeah. yeah. Baked in is is yeah. Interesting. All right. So this uh just once again to hit on uh what I you know, shorthand B P P P just say P a lot after you say B. That's how you <laughs> right. uh, abbreviate blue peg pink peg. Uh it was that every couple of weeks comes out um yeah, Mondays, bi-weekly on Mondays. Yep. Very good. So, folks, be sure to check that out. Kev's good on there. Kev, a lot of puns and <laughs> really just a lot of puns. Can yeah, you give a us a, an example of a pun? Oh, man. Yeah. Well, I mean, so- what if I say, yeah, what if I say, like, uh, here, here's a, an air purifier on my desk right now making some noise. <laughs> 
<laughs> is that a good enough hold setup on, hold for on. you? Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, give me. G- give me. Give me. Uh, give me that. Give me that give, again. Give me so ten years give me a little... to come up with a good. No. Give me. Give, give it to me again, and I'll. Uh, I'll. Uh, I'll try to. I'll try to come up with something. <laughs> I was just to... gonna say that sounds like it blows, but whatever. No. <laughs> Trav no. beat me to it, dog. Oh Freaking no, Trav! I think you just took it. the pun crown. Wow! Oh yeah. my goodness. Well, at least he was able to to clear the air as far as that pun goes. <laughs> oh, that one made me mad. That was good. That was good. <laughs> I just I had to get there. I had to get there. I had to get that that pun brand. Excellent going, you work. Know? Oh. Excellent work. Both of you. Excellent. <laughs> hey, big lit conspiracy guys, come check them out. We're pretty good. <laughs> so, Alex, I want I want some uh, as a new fledgling podcast with Trav and I, um, you know, for Uncle Doug. I want some like podcasting advice. Like, if you were going oh, back in time, don't ask me to tell <laughs> to tell uh, you know years ago, Alex, uh, what what would be the one bit of advice you would want to give yourself as far as podcasting goes? Be sober. <laughs> bro i've already failed that tonight i gotta be honest <laughs> we gotta rename the podcast now oh no <laughs> no so i honestly it's like take an interest in what your podcast actually is uh for me and trav i think uh the way we set out was to have guests so take an interest in what the guest actually does and has and does well to make sure that that's uh, something that you're interested in and that's something that can be your deal and that's something that you are able to be informative enough to get some insight about uh how they're able to do what whatever it is they do whether it's game design whether it's painting whether it's other podcasting youtube people video game stuff speed running stuff whatever it is any of those things. <laughs> what else do we cover here, Trav? I, mean, I guess we good. do music too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's true. Yeah, we do. Ooh. We do have to sort of have a uh, a a nice spectrum of interest and some some knowledge about those interests in order to ask the right questions. We've definitely asked yeah. some stupid questions on this podcast, but I mean that's part of it. Yeah, for sure. Don't be afraid to ask stupid stuff though, and just claim ignorance and be like, <laughs> I didn't know. Like just like I didn't know that you were part of the big lake conspiracy and that i didn't know about <laughs> uncle doug's dvd bin even though it's totally false that would have offended me actually i'm glad you didn't don't happen. don't be don't be afraid to play the fool and you know just for the think of the audience and that's that's how that stuff works it's it's uh time always moves forward so keep uh keep it up and uh yeah i feel like you now know? you're just pumping up a like a little league team <laughs> Keep on yeah. keeping on. Right on. Keep the bats moving. Keep, keep your on feet keeping lo- on. But no, that's uh that's actually really good. That's actually good. I think being a little more invested into the craft and not worrying about yourself so much. That is really good advice. Oh, I, yeah. Who cares what I how I come across? Nobody like one of those things is just like getting over yourself and just not caring at all about that sort of thing. You know what? You know what, Alex? I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you a treat. I want to let you pick a movie, any movie, for a season two Uncle Doug DVD bin. What, what would you pick? Ooh. Would you pick? I know you like you like your '80s stuff. You like your action. What would you, What would you want riffed on by two semi handsome men like me and Kev? <laughs> 
semi handsome. Have you? Have you, you want seen me to my pick beard? one? Pick? I've seen Kevin's got a great beard. He's pretty handsome. Yeah, pick one, uh, Alex. What are you thinking for uh, season oh, two? Oh well, I mean, okay. So let me think. Um, you guys haven't covered Arnold yet, I don't think. Right. A little Arnie action. Uh, I'm I'm gonna go roll roll true lies. True oh. lies. We'll rifle okay. through the bin. We'll see if it's in there. A lot of a lot of the ones over on the far side are sticky, so it might be stuck oh. to some other ones. But if true lies is in there, okay. we'll, we'll do it. All right, they you know they might be sticky from price tags. That's it. That's true. Hundred percent. Now, Trav, but you 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 said you were gonna put this movie in season two, so I'm gonna let you explain to Uncle Doug, or I'm gonna let you sneak into his house. Good luck. And get that movie to the top of the bin where you're going to be able to pull it out because Doug takes his like his random pulling of the like he makes got he makes like snacks for us now now granted it's just <laughs> potted meat on a Ritz cracker but he makes snacks for us yeah, he lights it's candles event. it's it's something man I'll see what I can do that's I I I'm telling you in my early uh, when I first moved out from my parents I would take that snack. <laughs> on a cracker every time, every time, and three times on Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> so so reminds me of my dad. I was thinking, I see. I always take this opportunity when I come on podcasts. That I listen to to ask the questions that, like, I think when I'm you know walking around town listening to the, to the podcast. So, like, for you guys, um, who would be? And you guys can answer the answer individually, unless you have the same answer. But who would be the get for this podcast like who would you be like man that is a slammed up uh, besides me obviously obviously besides me but who would be <laughs> like a slam dunk guest if you could have them come on this podcast trav i think we might have the same answer alex yep i think it's my Tra- uh, james I, oh it's james rolf i was gonna say mike judge <laughs> <laughs> oh mike judge <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be Mike Judge, but I mean, for this podcast, like in terms of like video game content, it would yeah. be James Rolf. For, yeah, I but think so. He'd be as fun. far as like anybody, it would be Mike Judge. Yeah, yeah, I think I mean Mike Judge is is certainly. I would love to talk to Mike Judge, but I think yeah, we both agree that that would be a pretty good get. I mean, he's he's, he's quintessential '90s. He's most of the '90s to me. I mean, you got King of the Hill, you got Beavis and Butthead. And then tons of great yeah, movies. Office Space. Office Space. I mean, he's he's some of the Idiocracy. my highlights. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, we're ni- we're '90s guys. I think it would be a decent. It's not like it's not like we're asking like Obama to come on. There's like we actually overlap <laughs> with Mike Judge. <laughs> so who was who was the other person? I'm a, I'm I'm a video oh, gamer, James- but I'm a neophyte when it comes to. James uh, Rolf is the angry video game nerd. Yeah, uh, he's been on YouTube. Uh, as the angry video game nerd since 2006, I think, maybe 2005, since the inception of YouTube. And he was basically the original guy and uh, to uh, make fun of bad video games. <laughs> and he, the way he did it, it, that seems like an easy market to get, basically. But mm-hmm. he was able to get it to the point of really just... It's hard to explain unless you were there. One of those things. He was like the first guy to do that to like reach out and be like, "Hey, man, these some of these Nintendo games are total bullshit." <laughs> so he he I, I maintain the first like one hundred episodes of Angry Video Game Nerd are some of the best internet you know content that's ever happened. It's so good. 
and it's it's really funny and the commentary is insightful and he talks about why it's bad and he runs through like why it was like anguished for you know us as kids and yeah i'm almost as nostalgic for some of his early episodes yeah, as i am for the games for themselves. his episodes yeah. as we are for the games themselves yeah <laughs> No, that's that's awesome because you guys are you know both content creators. So like having that that role model is pretty neat. Like he was the guy that you know you were all sitting alone in the cave and it was dark, and he somehow managed to to spark two stones together and light a torch <laughs> and bring the light of angry video game rage to your lives. And I think that's that's, right. that's pretty cool, man. Yeah, and he did it with right. with a, a comedic character too. I think it's oh it still baffles me. Some people are like. Man, I just, I don't know about that James Rolfe. He's just too he's too hard on those games. I'm like it's a bit. I'm like calm down. It is such. I mean, uh, there's such a disconnect. Sometimes. He even does a thing on Mario Three, doesn't he? Yeah. Where it's I mean, like that game's like near perfect. He rags on it. Yeah. It's like Mario Three is one of the greatest games ever made. Like, uh, so good. He, it's obviously a bit, but yeah. Uh, good stuff. But yeah, James Rolfe would be great. We'll get him right after Mike Judge. I think that'd be a great month if we could get those <laughs> oh, two. Oh yeah, together. great yeah. follow up. That'd be great follow up for sure. You know, I mean, Kev, I don't see why they wouldn't. Yeah, I know, man. I right? think that would be great. We got to get a good pitch. Um, I got to ask, Kev, because you're on, you know, we bring the board gaming guy into the video game podcast. I know you play some video games. You you, mm. you didn't grow up in prison with just board games. You had video games. Uh, <laughs> for, for To satisfy both Alex and I, we're going to have to know what uh, what's your favorite NES game? What's your favorite Super Nintendo game? Where do you stand on those? Ooh man, um, God, there's so many good ones. I I know I've talked uh, talked to you about this in the past, Trev, as far as like NES games, and I I feel like I should mention a few games that are um, big in my mind. Okay, whether they're my actual favorite game or not, I'm not sure. But I've told you uh, <laughs> about my my weird relationship with the game Maniac Mansion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I have this this strange. So when I was a kid, I really wanted the game Maniac Mansion because my cousin had it, right? And he was the co- everybody's got this cousin who gets everything he wants. You know, oh, yeah. he's sort of the <laughs> you know very spoiled, very you know whatever. I, he's not going to listen to this, so whatever. Um, but uh, <laughs> he's he's that kid, right? And he had this copy of Maniac Mansion, and I remember just begging my mom, like, "Hey, can I get a copy of Maniac Mansion? It's so fun. It's great. It's the best game ever." And she she looked at it in the store, and she's like, "No, that looks at it like it has murder in it." You can't have that. You can't have that game. It was like just shut down from Maniac Mansion. So for like years, I thought for sure that <laughs> like Maniac Mansion was probably the greatest game of all time. I have to tell you something though, guys. It's it's not. What? It's really not. <laughs> what? Well, it's no Legend of Zelda, I guess. So. It's no, it's no Legend. Of Zelda, but you know, actually, the first time I went to Trav's house and he's shown me his game room, which is pretty epic. He's got a lot of games in there, guys. It looks great. I said, <laughs> Thanks, hey, Kev. hey, uh, this is cool and all. Where's the Maniac Mansion? Mm-hmm. Where's it at? And he's like right here. And he just slid that bad boy in my hand. I was like, ooh. I felt but like a what, tingle. What what sort of sleeve was it in? Was it in an original Nintendo sleeve? Or was it in it, one of those cheap plastic, not cheap plastic, but cheap like paper sleeves that certain game chains used to crank out, you know? Oh, like no, what when, kind of condition are we talking? It was it was good condition. It wasn't in box. There was no instruction manual with it. I don't believe, Mm-mm. but he All slid right. it into my hand nude, completely <laughs> nude. Oh. I wanted Kevin to stay for dinner. So I felt, 
<laughs> I did too. But, but as far as like games that I played an awful lot on the NES and really loved, I mean, obviously everybody loves the Super Mario, but like my my pull would be, and this is this might be a little controversial, man. Ninja Gaiden, the OG Ninja Gaiden, and that's, all right, that's hardcore. I mean, it's only controversial because I can't get past the second level. <laughs> I mean, nobody can, right? Who cares? <laughs> but I loved that game. I would play that game for absolute just hours on end. And, you know, the, the bounce back damage in that game is just stupid. It's just oh, it's yeah. specifically it's designed it's to knock you into whatever pit that you're closest to. There's an angry video game nerd for that. Yeah, it's infuriate. It's the worst. And so I, I could remember just playing that for hours. And I, because I was obsessed with the idea of being a ninja, you know, I love the Ninja Turtles. And I love the, the NES Ninja Turtles games too. But like this one specifically, Ninja Guy, and it would have to be that one all day. If I if I were taking one game to a desert island and I somehow had a television and a, a Nintendo that worked and I had enough electricity to run it, that would be the game that I would take with me. All right. Hopefully one day you'd beat it before you died. Or did you beat it as a kid? No, I definitely never beat it. I have beaten it as an adult, though. Oh, very good. Whoa. Brag. Easy now, buddy. Easy. Well, Super Nintendo, then. Let's see how bad you offend Alex. Um, oh, I also want to shout out Guardian Legend on the NES as well. Oh, that's a good game. Oh, right on. That's a good game. That's a pull. Yeah, that's a good one. That that would probably be my number two for NES. Um, Super Nintendo... I mean, I hate to be so vanilla, but man, I did love some Super Mario. Um, Nothing wrong with that. But this is America. But I think Mega Man, probably Mega Man X. Mm. Bring it. Yeah, top yeah. five SNES game for me. Yeah, I remember playing and, that, and I had like a middle school girlfriend, and she would call me, and were you also she'd want to talk to me. Yeah, I was in middle school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, it was 100%. That's the way it should be. Mm -hmm. And she would call me on the phone and want to talk. And I I thought she was pretty, but I didn't have much interest in what she had to say. I know that's terrible to say, fellas. I feel, as an adult, I feel bad about that now. Um, (laughs) But I didn't then. So I would just play Mega Man X um, (laughs) while I was talking to her on the phone. And I could just remember, you know, just being on the phone with her for hours and playing Mega Man X and then just being like, So when you. When you hear the theme of like Sting Chameleon or Storm Eagle on Mega Man X, you think of this person. Exactly. A hundred percent. All right. I, I won't all right, all right. I don't know if I should shout out her last name, but it was Lindsay. Her name oh, was Lindsay. So sweet Lindsay. every time You know what? I, I I had a crush on a girl named Lindsay in, in in junior high around when that game came out. So I I, I uh I can, I can uh, fist bump you on that, I guess. Might have been the but same gal. Was... Poor Lindsay was two-timing you boys. <laughs> <laughs> Not Lindsay. You shut your mouth, Trav. <laughs> no. You, you my Lindsay, the, the Lindsay from my uh, elementary school in junior high, uh, she spelled her name without a D. Oh, Okay. All right. Wow. No D. Okay. Well, that's an that's an interesting yeah. that's an interesting Lindsay. Good, I, I appreciate that. But you know, it's funny. I was sitting here talking about this, and it's it's very much the way I feel about board games. For for me, again, I'm I'm, and I guess maybe I don't know. Maybe this way it is for you guys, but I'm associating these memories and these feelings I had while while I was playing the game versus the actual game. I don't know. Do you guys have that experience? Yeah, I think my nostalgia washes clean a lot of frustrations i ever had with the games themselves and they are more fondly recalled in my head based on context rather than the game themselves yeah sometimes (laughs) i mean i don't really care i just want to look at this stuff 
as it is right now and then kind of study in retrospect what's going on let's see what this is this is a weird thing that like adults put together you know what i mean like like this is somebody's life's work that they they put a lot of blood sweat and tears into they were paid to to do this so let's see what they did you know that is a good way to put it my perspective i always forget that the games are made by people you know yeah it's weird sometimes they just seem like they appeared (laughs) yeah exactly like this this stuff just fell out of the sky so let's see like you know what was the target audience for this at the time okay now let's look at it this way let's look at it that way let's see who these people are let's see what this company is let's see what they went on to do let's see what they did before all that stuff so yeah nerd i i think about that kind of stuff all the time yeah <laughs> obviously yeah. I, th- I think that's one of the things that i love about the the board gaming hobby as a hobby is that you can go to cons and just you know you can fanboy out and meet your favorite designer and just talk to them about their game because it's not i mean it it, it is a multi you know million to billion dollar industry every year but it still feels like kind of a small town if that makes sense and, yeah. and maybe it's because i'm kind of in the uh, media side of things now and you know have maybe a little bit more access but i really don't think it's that way i think that you know a lot of the board game designers really like to interact with the people that are playing their games so you know I, and I guess maybe it is a little bit that way with with video games, but video games can be much more of a collaborative process. Like it's a lot of people working in an office space yes. on oh, yeah. magical worlds, which is just wild. I mean, to your point, Alex, that's wild to think about. Uh, you know, I think about Nintendo. You know, they they probably have a fairly rigid corporate structure and work environment and that sort of thing, and yet they're making Breath of the Wild, this magical land of like wonder and fantasy, is <laughs> created in some office building somewhere. I mean, that's wild, right? It is kind of weird. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah it's made in Redmond, Washington in a <laughs> freaking regular ass looking building, you know, someplace out in the boonies in freaking Washington state in the United States. Now, I don't know if that's the case, but that's where it's, <laughs> you know, that's, that's Nintendo headquarters. But yeah, it it is weird to think about it that way for sure. Man, magic comes from, from strange locations. Well, yeah. I think we've done it. We've we've interviewed Kevin. Kevin, thanks for coming on the show. You gave us uh, great segues for a lot of promos. Again, folks, check out Blue Peg, Pink Peg. That's a pretty good podcast right there. You're going to want to check that out. Uh, if you're local to Kevin, I please check out Big Lit Conspiracy on whichever show dates I'm not singing in. And uh, what else? Oh, Uncle Doug's DVD bin. Check that out. Yeah. That's also on the, uh, you can find that on polymedianetwork.com. And come check out, if you're listening to this in time before the 20th and 21st of august which you you got hours from now by the time this releases check out our charity stream we'll all be there at different hours uh come check that out you can find more about that in the show notes below in your podcast aggregator of choice but kev thanks so much for coming to hang out man really appreciate it oh my god thank you guys for having me on man i had a great time and i really appreciate you both and i am looking forward to continuing to listen to this amazing podcast oh you're the man (laughs) well done thanks so much man appreciate you you're you're awesome and i i hope to hear those buttery dulcet tones (laughs) on my airwaves sometime again soon anytime Mm. my friend anytime Uh, all right everyone that was another drunk friend podcast 
check out our other podcast over on polymedianetwork.com. We have tons more for you. We got we got movie podcasts, more video game podcasts, uh, just a drinking and hanging out podcast. We've got everything you want over there on the network, so check it out. And be sure on Saturday, August 20th at 1 p.m., you tune in for 24 straight hours. Don't sleep. Just keep... St- just chug Starbucks and be awake all 24 hours. Hang out with all of us. We're going to have a great time. And um, you'll you'll find me a few times. You'll find Alex in there. Link's in the description below. So please check all that out. It's going to be fun. And hey, guess what? You can reach out to us with questions and comments at the Podcast at gmail.com email. And we'll respond or read it here eventually. Eventually. But if you're not interested in sending an email, no big deal. Just give us a rating and review on a podcast app of your choice, and that'll help us out big time. And you can help us out by rating us on Spotify right now. What about that? What about that, Bob? What about Bob? You can find us on social media. On Twitter, I'm at TravPlaysGames. Alex is at SNES Drunk, and Kevin is at MacGamesBPPP. Again, just hit B, and then don't quit hitting P until you've had enough. The track you hear was composed by our friend Coolor and is called Electric Starbounce. And you can find a link to more of his music on the Buzzsprout podcast page. And a shout out to Josh Leslie for our thirst quenching logo. Thank you, Josh. Be sure to catch us yeah, there we go. on YouTube or podcast or wherever you can. And thanks for listening. And we hope you have a great rest of your day. <laughs> I'm keeping all of this in, by the way. Every bit of it. <laughs>